Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Resiliency and Running Podcast. My name is Liz and I will be your host. I'm excited for today's episode because we're going to be answering all of your questions regarding Chicago Marathon at 2023. So just sit back and relax and we'll just jump right into the episode. All right. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I'm really excited for today's episode because today's actually going to be the first podcast episode that is also a YouTube video. And for those that don't know, I've been slowly but surely starting to try and upload more to YouTube and really create like longer form videos on YouTube because for those that have been listening to the podcast for three years, I feel like you know that I just really enjoy and prefer longer form content. So if you want to watch this visually, I also have like little screenshots on the screen that obviously you can can't see in this episode if you're listening definitely go and check it out there's a link in the show notes but today's episode is going to be answering all of your questions regarding Chicago Marathon 2023 I know that we literally just did a recap episode so many of you guys listened to that which is so awesome I wanted to do an episode slash video answering your questions and if you ever want to ask questions just follow me on Instagram it's just at resiliency and running and I regularly post question boxes on there and you can also send me in podcast episode topic suggestions but before we get into that let's of course start with some highs and lows for the week. All right, so I feel like my low for the week is a pretty easy one, just especially if you live in places like London or anywhere in like the Pacific Northwest or anywhere in the world that really just gets dark super, super early in the year. It has gotten so dark in London and it's so rainy. I've been on so many rainy runs at this point and I feel like this is only the beginning, but winter is officially here and I definitely will be doing like an episode soon on how to be safe and warm while training in the winter because we are officially into winter training here, but I am definitely someone who prefers the sun and I'm going to try and stay on top of my vitamin D tablets and just make sure that I'm continuing to take those because I am definitely someone who gets seasonal depression. So I am both trying to combat that, but also trying to sort of allow my body to rest more and just kind of allow it to feel its feelings if it does feel any sort of way. I saw something recently that said that like during the winter time, you need an extra two and a half hours of sleep per night or something. And I've definitely been trying to focus on my 
sleep more recently. And so I want to make sure that I'm listening to my body and its cues and what it needs. But yeah, I'm definitely not a fan of the winter time. I love just like wearing warmer clothes and busting out the coats and everything, but don't love when it's just like dark for your morning run and dark in the evening when you're getting back from work. And yeah, it's just an unfortunate time of the year, I think. But my high for the week that I will share here that I've not shared on the podcast, I don't think as of yet, is that I am officially running Chicago Marathon 2024. And this will also obviously have to be like a whole separate episode as well, because it's really exciting. And you would have seen this on my social media if you follow me on Instagram or TikTok, but I actually qualified for my age group for next year. So they actually emailed me saying that my time from this year's Chicago Marathon qualifies me for next year, which is pretty exciting. And so I... I'm really excited about that and just really excited to go back for redemption and yeah, more details to come. But without further ado, let's just jump right into the episode. A little over a week ago, I ran Chicago Marathon 2023. I asked on Instagram if you guys had any questions pertaining to the marathon experience. It was my seventh marathon and third world major, so I'm gonna be answering some of your questions today. There were quite a lot that came in, so strap in and let's just jump right into them. Wow, I don't even know where to start. All right, we're just gonna jump right in. First question says, how to overcome pain and negative self-talk towards the end of the race? My first marathon is in November. This is gonna be pretty hard because this is like where you typically are in like the pain cave and it's that last 10K that is really, really tough at the end of the marathon. And if you guys listened to my recent podcast episode recapping my race experience, you know that I had a lot of stomach problems and just had kind of a negative race experience for about 20 miles of the 26.2 miles. I feel like it can be really hard when it's just UVU in those moments, even with the crowds cheering, you've got everyone around you, But at the end of the day, it's still you, like you have to be your own cheerleader. And I feel like it's really important prior to a race to practice like positive affirmations and just like figuring out ways and what will help amp you on. And I feel like you can also figure a lot of this out during your training, like figure out ways to help cheer yourself on and talk positively to yourself. Otherwise, I feel like it's sometimes just unfortunately inevitable and can be really tough to get through but i feel like if you've gotten through the training for a marathon you can definitely get through those last six miles the next question asks at what mile did you start feeling not so great so this was pretty early on this was actually at the 10k mark that i suddenly just felt like my stomach completely changed and i definitely attributed this to having some oatmeal that was like a superfood oatmeal. I'll insert a photo of it somewhere on the screen, but essentially it had all kinds of things like chia seeds and all these superfoods, which like typically I would be all for, but race day morning was probably the wrong time to do it. And I would definitely do my next race day a lot differently and just bring my own plain oats. But yeah, I knew pretty early on that my stomach was just off and that I was not feeling great. Next question, do you think you will do Chicago Marathon next year? So funny, the day that I'm recording this is the day that the applications open for both non-guaranteed and guaranteed entries. And I received an email from Chicago letting me know that my time that I got this year in Chicago actually qualifies me for next year's. So I am very, very heavily thinking and leaning towards it. 
but we'll have to see. I feel like it's definitely hard to go back to a race that you've had not necessarily like a, an entirely bad experience with. I'm very proud of the time, but in essence, a lot of the race was spent really struggling. So I think I'll definitely have to think about it, but I'm really leaning towards yes. Next question asks, which world major has been your favorite? Easily hands down London. And I just feel like I've run it twice. And each time that I run it, it's so well organized. I love the crowds and I feel like the more that I run it and the more that I get used to the course, I'm really hoping to get a GFA for next year, but I just think it's hands down my favorite marathon out of all of the ones that I've run so far. And yeah, I'm hoping to run it a third time and hopefully many more times in the future. Next question asks, the pre-race and post-race must-have slash things you always do. So pre-race, I'm doing typically a banana, peanut butter, coffee, carb drink, and that's typically what I do. This time I switched it around and for some reason had that superfood oatmeal. Making sure that I'm also taking in electrolytes and I typically personally need to go to the bathroom at least like two or three times before a race to really make sure that I am just making sure that I don't need to go during the race because I'm someone that doesn't typically like to rely on the port along the course. I always like to make sure that I get enough sleep as well and just make sure that I'm staying hydrated throughout the week. And then post-race, I feel like Obviously go home, get the legs up, have a change of shoes to change into in your little race bag for post-race. Other than that, I feel like going and getting really good food with your friends and family and loved ones. For some reason, like immediately post-race, I love something like really salty, like salted nuts. And just, I think like helping like replenish your sodium after sweating so much after a race. But I'm not too like strict on like rituals pre and post race, but I feel like I've got some like staples that I typically like to keep to. Next question asks, can you talk about your sleeves and when you started wearing them? So during Chicago Marathon and Manchester Marathon, I wore arm sleeves and they were different for each race. I wasn't actually thinking that I was gonna need them for Chicago Marathon. And suddenly the temperatures went from being warmer to about like 40 to 50 degrees Fahrenheit. And I'll put that on the screen in Celsius. So I think for my own sanity and sake, like I didn't wanna be cold on race day. So I actually last minute bought arm sleeves from the Nike store in Chicago. And they were actually the same ones that Kipchoge wore. And so I think that it really amped me on to buy them. But yeah, they essentially just help keep your arms warm, especially if you're gonna wear like a tank top, shorts, and just like minimal clothing. It's nice to have that to help keep you warm. And then if I was even colder, I might've included gloves. But for me, I feel like arm sleeves have definitely been a staple for me in my races this year. They, they also help with compression as well. Next question asks, any tips on GI distress after going through it? I always need a porta potty by mile 20. I honestly, I think I'm still trying to figure it out myself, especially after that race. I've never had stomach problems that bad during a race. And I have been since recommended taking Imodium before a race. And I know of people that do take Imodium before races because they have really bad stomach problems. So I think it really just depends on like, you know, you know your body, everybody's body is different. and Whilst I may say that I don't like stopping during a race for the port doesn't mean that you can't. So if you need to stop by mile 20 to use the port all the more to you. And I think if you're like also looking at it from the point of view of like, you know, you wanna actually enjoy your race and not be in distress for the entirety of the race. I think for me, I was really just trying to give myself the best shot of getting a BQ as possible. But yeah, I think 
you kind of have to figure out like what works best with your body as well as I think fueling plays a huge part into this in terms of what sits best on your stomach. I think that this is something that you definitely test out during training to see, you know, what might make your stomach feel one way versus the other and just making sure that you're having the right fuel that will make you feel your best on race day. Next question asks, how did Chicago compare to other majors? Crowd, course, weather, how you felt, etc. So I think Chicago was a really great race. In terms of everything that I've heard about it being pancake flat, I would disagree. There were little inclines and declines kind of throughout the race and they were like, I mean, they were pretty minor, but I think in my head, I was prepared for like pancake flat and it definitely wasn't flat to me. And then the other thing is everyone talks about the big hill at the end. And I think because there were so many little inclines and declines throughout the race, that hill at the end didn't feel as bad. And it's like the last hill that you kind of do and then you turn and cross the finish line. Also wanna make a note about the bridges because this was not something that was flagged to me but the bridges that you cross in Chicago, actual like material along it, they only cover part of it with carpet. And I'm gonna try and find like a photo or something and insert it on the screen because if, like I tried to run on the part that was non-carpeted because as you'd imagine, most of the runners are gonna try and run on the carpeted part. I felt like I might've nearly rolled an ankle and I feel like people easily could have if they were like running really fast, if they weren't watching, you know, where they were stepping. And so I felt a bit confused as to why like not all of it was carpeted, but I feel like that is also something to note. But otherwise I really enjoyed it. I loved Chicago and wasn't expecting to love the city so much. And I have some friends that live there as well. I think the weather was perfect. And from what I've heard in years past, it's either been like too warm or like rain for half of it. So I think that we really lucked out with weather. In terms of how I, how I felt, I think going into it, I was definitely nervous and it was one of the first races in a long time that I felt nervous for. And then throughout, obviously, you know that I did not feel my best for 20 of the 26 miles. But otherwise, I think as the more that I reflect on it now, I am proud of it as a race and I think I'm just trying to look at it more positively, but obviously like not every race is gonna be your race. All right, two questions from the same person. So um, the first question asks your fave sign that you saw. I'm trying to remember like all the different signs, but there were so many and I feel like the same one that I continuously saw was like a Taylor Swift reference. And it was like, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 26.2 or something. And it was just really good. And the other question asks, how do you get your hair so slick back? Hair routine. This hair today is actually a hair mask. And this was something different that I've been doing. Otherwise, I typically actually use a hair wax stick and I'll put a little like screenshot of it on the screen. Swear by it, I think it's the best thing and I love using it to slick my hair back. This is something different that I'm trying out in terms of like, if you know that it's hair wash day and putting in a hair mask in and then just like really scooping your hair back and putting it into a bun like I have here. And I have put a video on my TikTok and Instagram. Next question asks about my favorite part of the course. I feel like I'm trying to think, but I, I'm, it's really tough. I think that a lot of it was hard because there were lots of like inclines and declines. I'd say my favorite parts were when I saw Gabriel or my friend Alana and I think it was just really nice to see them. There was a part of the course where I passed this girl and she had a bunch of friends cheering for her 
and they were like shouting for her and screaming for her and I was like smiling because I was like that's so awesome and then the runner herself like turned around and she was like oh my gosh Liz and like recognized me and then we sort of like cheered each other on and that was really nice. I guess in terms of like the actual part of the course I don't think I had a favorite part. I think the bridges were cool I just wish that it was like more carpeted otherwise I think like the halfway mark is always going to be in every race a part where there are a lot of people and a lot of cheering. Otherwise I think my favorite parts are always when I see people that I know and that gives me like a little boost to keep going. Another question regarding my arm sleeves. Love your running sleeves. Were they helpful on the day and did they stay put? Yes, they were helpful. They kept me warm. They're compression sleeves and they did stay put. They did not move at all. Highly recommend. Next question asks, any marathons planned for next year? So I have applied for the London Marathon Good for Age for 2024. I am not sure that I will get it because the time for my age group is 3.45 and I'm using my Manchester time of 3.42. So we'll see, but I know that they take the top percentage of the fastest time, so I very well may not get that. But I think ideally I would like to do at least a spring marathon and a fall marathon. And like I said earlier, I am considering Chicago next fall, but there are obviously other fall marathons that I would love to consider as well, but nothing necessarily booked at the moment. Next question asks, how did you learn how to properly fuel for marathon training and racing? So this one was a bit of a weird one because I, this year, introduced Morton gels to my racing fueling as well as their carb drink mixes. And the carb drink mixes I have typically before race day or a long run. So I, I don't really count that as like race day fueling, I guess. And I think that that I kind of, it's a lot of like trial and error. So I did try and do it during a long run once and I don't think that I liked how it sat on my stomach. So I just preferred to take the carb drink mix before I ran. In terms of the gels, it was weird because when I first started taking them, they were fine and they went down really well and had them at Manchester Marathon and I would take them down really quickly. And then for some reason, when I started training for Chicago, I actually was talking to my coach about this, but for some reason I was, I could only take them down like really slowly. So little bits at a time. And then it would take me sometimes like from 10 minutes up to a mile to finish like one gel. And she really wanted me to focus on a lot of my long runs on really focusing on the nutrition element and practicing like what I would do on race day and really trying to practice the fueling and making sure that I am taking it down. And so that was something that I really had to actually like really force myself to do and that's just something that sometimes you have to do with gels like even given like the distress that I was feeling in my stomach during the race I knew in my head I still had to fuel so it's definitely something that you have to really practice at and it sounds really weird but like I think it's just like trying to find like that perfect balance of like running and like taking down fuel at the same time and I think as well like I said earlier you kind of have to figure out which gels work for you so if you don't like something that's really thick Morton's really thick you might want like an SIS gel so definitely utilize your marathon training block to test this out the next question asks do you do any mental prep training prior to running how do you keep motivated for running for hours I'd say that I I don't necessarily go out of my way to like do the mental prep per se but I almost feel like I would like to do that next time because I feel like I almost sort of rushed into race day. And I think that may have been my fault that I was like scheduling a lot of like, you know, meeting up with friends and like, obviously like that's all well and good. But I think that I definitely should have allocated some time to like give myself the proper time to like get into the headspace of like, okay, race day is actually happening tomorrow and I need to like mentally prepare myself. And I don't really feel like I gave myself that. So it kind of almost felt like I kind of like 
jumped into it without doing that mental prep. In terms of what keeps me motivated for hours of running, I really heavily rely on music and I have a playlist that's like, I think like 56 hours long. I'll have it linked in the description box, but it's just like a mix of like, I don't even really know what the genre is. It's like a pop EDM, but for me, I just like something that kind of like goes along with the beat of, you know, the pace that I'm running. And so that's kind of what helps keep me motivated. And yeah, just kind of what works for me. I know that some people don't listen to music, but to each their own. The next question asks, where is your belt from and what's holding your number on? So the belt that I was wearing during the race is from Decathlon. I have it linked in the description box. So if you're UK based, you can purchase it. It's just, I think it was something like 10 quid or something. And it has three punctures for to hold your bib, which I think is really great instead of pinning it to your clothing. And it has three gel loops on either side so that you can kind of just have them ready to grab and I think overall it was a it's a really great belt. I wore it for big half as well and just overall really great. Next question asks, what was your training like? So this training was definitely probably the hardest that I've ever trained for a marathon. I run with Purdy Performance and this has been the first year that I've had a coach. So my training was very specifically tailored to trying to get that BQ. So all of the marathon pacing that I was practicing was sitting at around 7.50 to eight minutes per mile. Like a typical week would sort of look like a couple of easy runs. We would have like a threshold session or a track session, implementing speed work and not just necessarily practicing marathon pace, but also practicing 5K pace, 10K pace, half marathon pace, even though I was, this training was specifically for the marathon. And then obviously with like the long run on Sunday, that would sometimes also include speed work of like switching in and out of easy pace or steady pace or marathon pace to practice getting into marathon pace on tired legs. So yeah, the training was definitely very hard and but I think it really showed me what I was capable of as well because I remember really early in my training trying to run at marathon pace for I think like one or two miles at a time or one or two minutes at a time and it felt really hard in the beginning and I almost kind of thought like have I like, you know, have, am I dreaming too big? Like is a BQ right now, like not in the cards for me. But by the end of the training, it felt a lot more easier to switch into. And my coach has worked a lot with me this year in trying to make sure that I sort of know what my different paces feel like. So like my marathon pace, half marathon pace, 10K pace and 5K pace feel like and so that I can almost like just switch into it rather than like looking at my watch to kind of like see like what times I'm at and not really relying on that because the other thing about Chicago that I will mention is that there are so many tall buildings and you need to lap your watch. So yeah, I would say the training was really great and I am just really excited because I know that we've got a lot more to work on for 2024. Next question asks, how long will you take off of running? So at the moment I'm still not running. My coach specifically wanted me to stop running for 10 days and this is the longest that I've taken off of running. Definitely felt really great last week. I feel like mentally and physically I needed the break and this week I feel like I'm definitely really excited to get back into running again. I think in two days I have like a 20 minute run and I'm so excited for it. Next question asks, was there a point you knew it would be difficult to get your BQ time? Was it early or late in the run? So I, on race day, had obviously a goal time in mind. I also had paces written out on my hand. My coach gave me so that I knew at different points and different miles what times I should be between if I can wanted to be on track to BQ. 
I would say it was towards the end of the run and it was like that typical like last six miles and I'll put my splits on the screen but my pacing just like kind of really drops and I completely lost it and felt like I really bonked at the end. My headphones also died at mile 23, which was like not helpful at all. I feel like by the end, I sort of knew that I was probably gonna get like just beyond it, which I ended up with a 332.09, which is fine. But I feel like I was really trying to hold on to it really uncomfortably, like with the stomach problems and still trying to fuel. By the end, I think I just had nothing left in the tank, unfortunately. And mentally that was definitely hard, but I think I at that point just wanted to finish. The next question asks, how did you feel about the pace throughout? So I'd say that actually for like the first half, I didn't feel all too bad, but I mean, I say that, but there was a point that Gabriel actually shot me and I, it was almost like, I know that it was before the halfway mark. And if you look at my posture before I sort of noticed that he's right there, I am like slumped over and I look like I'm struggling and I look like I would typically look at mile 23 and how I probably looked at mile 23. And again, if I'm honest, for some reason, I think like with the stomach problems at the 10K point came just like sudden, like really harsh tiredness. I was just not feeling it. And I feel like this year I've been really trying to be more smart and sensible about my running, not go out too fast. And unfortunately, in big races like Chicago and these big World Abbott marathons, it's really hard not to get caught up in the excitement of the beginning. So I went out and I was manually lapping all my miles. And the first few miles, I definitely went out way too fast. And then the 10K mark hit and I had the stomach problems. And then I think I saw Gabriel at like mile nine or 10 and I just looked like deflated and like I was struggling a little bit to like get over this bridge. So yeah, it felt good during the training. And then for some reason on race day, it just didn't click. Next question asks, did you get a mental block? Yeah, definitely. I think mentally I started to really struggle from like mile 14 on. So again, really early in the race. By mile 16, I wanted to stop. Like I wanted to like get off the course and just walk home and give up. And I think for me that was really hard because I think I just kept telling myself like you've put in so much work, you know, not only in this training block, but this year. I've been thinking about this trip. You've been thinking about this race for so long. So like you owe it to yourself to like get to that finish line. And and I think for me, I always want to push myself to finish and I always want to push myself really hard not to DNF. And so I know that mentally a lot of runners really struggle in those like last six to 10 miles, but I think it really kind of, you have to rely on like all of the mental toughness that you build throughout your training to get to that point. Next question asks, your emotions pre, during, and post race. Emotions pre-race were nervous and rushed and I felt like I was late, so not great. And then my emotions during, I'd say at the beginning, it was like a high, it was really cool, really cool start and lots of people cheering. And I think it ha I had a moment at the beginning of like, holy shit, this is it. And then throughout the race, my emotions just kind of started to go downhill. And by the end, it was not in a good place. And then post-race, immediately post-race, I was sobbing and it was really, really tough mentally. I was really upset with my time. And as soon as I knew that it was a 332 and not a BQ, I 
was a really grateful that my glasses that I was wearing was so big so I can kind of almost like cover the crying. But there was this moment where I saw my dad in the crowd of people that were like spectating and I like went straight to him and he sort of like came to the front of these like gates and I just like let out the biggest ugly cry and I was really upset, I'm not gonna lie. And it was just really sad. I know that like upon reflection, like. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear, check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Now, looking back at it, I'm a lot more proud of it. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's a 10-minute PB and it's great. And it's still building me towards that BQ. And it's not to say that the BQ isn't in my cars. I know that it's going to happen in 2024. And so I think it was just like in that moment, like I knew that that was sort of my last race of the year and that like everything that I had been training for in this year alone was building up to Chicago. And so it felt really disappointing. As you can see in the videos, I was definitely just, yeah, not feeling very great. Next question asks, were you worried stopping to poo would ruin your official marathon time? Yes, exactly that. I just did not want to stop to use the bathroom because I wanted to give myself the best shot at trying to get a BQ and I've personally just never stopped to use the restroom because I think I'm too afraid that I'm going to struggle to restart and get back in the pace, you know, after stopping and, you know, trying to get back on tired legs. Next question asks, how do you manage that point in the race where you realize you're not going to make your goal time? It's really hard. It creates a huge mental block, but I think for me, it's just telling myself, you just need to finish. You just need to keep putting one foot in front of the other. And at this point, like, it's just about finishing. I think also reminding myself that like, it's still a PB and it still can be a PB. At least give me an indication of where I'm at in my training. It'll help me build towards hopefully getting that BQ in the future. But yeah, definitely creates a huge mental block, but it's something that I think you just have to like, look at it from like a bigger picture and not focus on it too much because I think that can obviously lead to a lot of like negative thoughts and possibly leading you to stop and you know you don't want that. Last two questions. This question asks what mantras slash positive affirmations did you use when it got hard? I really was thinking a lot about where I was when I found out that I got the lottery spot for Chicago Marathon. I was injured. I was in a dark place, I was not myself. And I just kept reminding myself, even that weekend, that like everything that I've done training wise up until now, you know, has built towards Chicago. And Chicago was always like the one race that I knew. It was like my one point of certainty really with my injury because I didn't, I wasn't sure if I'd make it to Manchester Marathon. Both Chicago, I kind of told myself like, Surely, you know, by October of next year, I will make the start line of Chicago. And so I think I just kept telling myself that I'd been through a lot this year and, you know, worked really hard to get to Chicago. So I was really just trying to be as like grateful as possible. Last question asks, fueling lessons you learned. Firstly, pack your own food. So pack your own oats, pack your own peanut butter or whatever you need. Don't rely on going out to the grocery stores wherever you're traveling to, to purchase that, make sure you bring your own because it was ransacked in Chicago. I 
couldn't find any plain oats. I also would not do anything new on race day in terms of breakfast and make sure that I give myself enough time to digest. And I think I'm still working on trying to take in more gels during race day. I've never been one to take all six. I usually take six gels with me for a marathon. And to this day, I don't think there's, there's been a marathon where I finish all six, but I think that that's something that I am continuing to work on because I feel like fueling throughout a race is really important in terms of giving you energy to continue to stay in that pace and push you to finish. That is all the questions. I know that there were a lot that came in, but I'm really grateful to everyone who asked a question and that wraps up Chicago Marathon 2023. And who knows, maybe we'll be back in 2024. All right, everyone, that's going to wrap up another episode of the Resiliency and Running podcast. I really do hope that you enjoyed it. Anything mentioned in the episode will be linked in the show notes of the episode. And if you ever have any questions, just feel free to send me a DM on Instagram. Otherwise, I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Bye.